Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. This is episode 194 of the Sample Chapter Podcast with this week's guest, Maan Gabriel. And we're going to be talking about her debut novel, After Perfect. Hey, it's a great episode, and Ma'an is a, was a fantastic guest. She was a delight to talk to. We're going to be talking about that first book, the fear of writing a first book, uh, telling a diverse story, creating stories that inspire. She also has this fantastic quote that I absolutely love, which is, we don't need the fantastic to tell a story. And I just, I just love that. I thought that was such a, a poignant phrase that she put together, and I uh, loved it, and, and uh, you're going to hear about that uh, <laughs> along the way. I uh, accidentally turned uh, her first name into almost like a drinking game. So everybody, uh, every time you hear me mispronounce her first name, take a drink. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was uh, it was quite embarrassing going back and editing this and thinking that I was saying it right. But no, it's, it's Ma'an Gabriel is her correct name. See, I finally got it right. <laughs> Anyway, but that interview with her is coming up here in just a few minutes, right after a little bit of writing news. So my, uh, actually my writing and correspondence on email right now has been a little lax again the last, uh, uh, almost a week now due to, well, hit and miss due to, again, the family issue I've got going on with a, a very sick family member. Uh, they're back in the hospital again and, uh. I guess it's safe for me to say that uh, they they have discovered. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but they are. This person is a cancer survivor, and a little over a month ago, it was discovered that the cancer is back. In just six months' time, a new mass had uh, grown about the size of a, of a man's fist, and uh, in the past month, it's grown again, uh, more than doubled in size. So it's not a. I don't know. It's not good right now. Um, I'm, uh, we're, we're babysitting the grandkids again and trying to keep life as normal as possible for them. So it's been a little, uh, been a little trying <laughs> to, uh, to make writing time and uh, of course coming out here and working on these episodes, but you know, it'll be good. Uh, those of you who are, uh, who want to pray or just send your good thoughts, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, but on the uh, on the bright side, though, I have just about finished. I'm, I'm on the last two chapters of Bandit Rising, and um, I will be getting that out to beta readers here in the next day or so. Having a blast with it. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think I, I hope people are gonna like this story. I think it's a lot of a lot of fun action, and um, you know, Bandit's quite the character. Um, this coming weekend. At least right now, the plan, <laughs> the plan is still, uh, I will be at Bergfest in Warrensburg, Missouri. That is their annual festival downtown. Uh, it's a street fair that's full of vendors. Uh, lots of things being sold, lots of things being, uh, things going on. Concerts, and, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully, if you uh, if you have a chance to make it on by, hopefully you stop by my, my tent. And say hi. This is going to be a rain or shine event, and I will have 
I will be talking about the show and uh, and selling some of my books along the way. And hopefully my flyers will be in. I'm going to have some handouts for Bandit Rising along with a QR code that will get you right to the uh, Amazon page for that. So hopefully you can stop by and uh, say hi at least. Well, uh, I want to thank, as always, my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. I use Scrivener for all of my writing just about every day. Hey, check out this advertisement for more details and how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Thank you once again to Scrivener Writing Software, uh, Literature and Latte. Love using it, and I know you will too if you uh, give it a try. I also want to thank Writer's Block Coffee. Uh, Writer's Block Coffee, uh, they're not a sponsor of the show per se, uh, but we do have affiliate links to to them. So that means if you click the links or if you use our coupon codes, then we get a little bit of uh, we get a little bit of something uh, which goes right to the show. Uh, but Writer's Block Coffee offers you three delicious flavors, uh, all of them fantastic. We've been loving them here. You can order one at a time, or you know, as you as you go, or you can set it up for auto shipment. Uh, Writer's Block Coffee—it's fantastic stuff. <laughs> I also want to thank our podcast friend over podcast friends over at Pop Culture Culture Network, home to about half a dozen different shows, all of them pop culture related. Uh, hey, go check out the Two Dads Review a podcast about a couple of dads getting together to review random things in pop culture worlds. As always, make sure you follow this show and all of our sponsors and uh, podcast friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can find out everything that we're up to just by heading over to one of those social media links, including this show here. If you like what you hear from this show, I do invite you to leave us a review if you get a chance. Of course, it's not something I always uh, request, so although I would love some more reviews, what I really appreciate is whenever somebody shares the work, when somebody comes across a, an author such as today with my aunt and this delightful book. If you like it, share the episode, tell friends about it and say, hey, check out this podcast. You know, that's, a, that's a good thing. Now, if you're not a social media person, but you would like to contact the show, you can do so by email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail by calling 660 851 one one four six and uh, if you uh, make it a good one and it could be playing on an upcoming episode just like the uh, one i got a couple weeks ago i'm going to be grabbing that audio and sharing that here soon so uh, make sure you uh, stay tuned for that well hey i have rambled on enough it's time for us to get on over to our guest today ma'an gabriel with after perfect
Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Well, today I am delighted because, uh, you know, as they say, third time's the charm. And that really plays into, into effect with today's guest. Mom Gabriel is our guest. Mom is a mom, a wife, a dreamer, a writer, and an advocate for women's stories in literature. She earned her BA in communications from St. Scholastica's College in Manila and MPS in public relations and corporate communications from Georgetown University. She has lived in Manila, Brussels, Dakar, and Mexico City, and during the day she works in strategic communications. This is her first book, After Perfect, and she is here today to discuss this. So, Mom, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy this worked out. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's been fun to, uh, we've already been talking off the air about uh, the, the previous times and just how crazy life gets and, uh, you know, the importance of uh, living each day. But I'm so happy that we were able to uh, work, make this work out because I'm excited for your book and I'm excited about uh, what you have going on with it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And also, yeah, the back and forth, um, life happens. And just as we were talking about, you know, scheduling conflicts, but at the same time, you also have to make um, a moment, you know, for ourselves and figure out life. And finally, we're here today. We set our <laughs> schedule straight. <laughs> the universe yeah. finally lined up and we get to talk. This is, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so now uh let me hear a little bit about about you yourself. Uh what what is some of your history with uh, with writing? So, um After Perfect is a debut novel. It's my first book um and I'm really excited about it. Um I am a I'm in strategic communications, so I write for a living, but it's not really fiction or creative writing. It's more of campaigns. But there's always this part of me um, who wants, you know, to create stories that inspire. Um, I always believe that, um, you know, even as a young girl, my mom swears she she taught me how to read at three years old, and they're, they're mostly fairy tales. And I know we have to set fairy tale stories straight as well in this modern times, but it made me love um, storytelling and writing and just creating beautiful, magical worlds. And um, at age 14, although I grew up in the Philippines and English is not my first language, I decided, you know what, I'll give writing a shot someday. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I love that. I see that on your website, how you've got the uh... You, you see the world as a fairy tale. And I, I love just, you know, that kind of energy and, and that aspiration to live life that way. And uh, that's fantastic. And you have your mom to thank for it. I know. I know. True. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, now you're, uh, you're, so your debut novel, After Perfect, uh, comes out October 5th, which would be a week, should be a week after this episode airs. So everybody listening, when you hear about this today, then you can go in there and grab the uh, the pre-order. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, now, uh, well, how exciting is that, that uh, you're that close to the uh, the book coming out? Uh, mixed emotions, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, you dream about writing and you thought, okay, 
to write a book is to write a book, but as you know, it's not just writing a book. It's a lot of little things to make it happen. And it takes a village and it takes a lot of time and effort. And it's like really giving birth to a baby. <laughs> and you can't just wait anymore, you know, like, oh, and of course there's, excitement and fear and both nervous and well i'll live (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well i i love your your character's name it it seems very familiar uh gabriella stevens uh how much of how much of your own life did you find uh that you put into into this character or into this book so Gabrielle is Filipino American, which I am Filipino American. The thing about Gabby, um, which I kept talking to people about and they don't believe me, is when I was writing this book, Gabby was the least character I know. And I felt like we grew together as we as I created like friends in circumstances in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. When I started writing this, the original title was after my divorce, which, you know, gave away the plot. And everything else. But it's not really about divorce. It's more of um and you know, people started asking, Why? Is, are are things okay with you and your husband? It's like, yes. But as a woman, we go through phases in life um where you sometimes doubt yourself. And there are moments in life where you think and you know, what's next? And there's anxiety and fears. And so I felt like more than thinking about how to plot um, Gabriella's life, it was more feeling. Um, I was feeling every emotion. It was more of like my journal and self-healing as I, you know, go through life. Um, It's not, it's close. It's not very close in a sense of circumstances. We don't have very same circumstances in life, but close enough that we have, we feel the same feelings, you know, I mm-hmm. felt what she felt and um, the roller coaster ride, the, what love means, redefining what love is for, for various reasons and things like that. So yes, I am her, but not her. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it's, <laughs> and I, I really, I can relate to that feeling of uh, having the characters tell me who they are and what they're doing. And then having my family kind of look at me a little side-eyed going, what is this how you think? Like, no, no, no. That's what the character is thinking. That's not me people. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Truly. You know, being a writer is fascinating. It's like another person in you that people don't really know about yet. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And just about the time I think my wife has that figured out, then I write another character that's even more different. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Totally agree. I know. I think she's going to call the guys with the white coats sometime to come and lock me up. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> so now uh and, and you said now you are uh american philippine and your character uh gabriella she is also american philippine how important was that for you to bring some of that uh, rich, richness into the story well 
you know, the goal really is to tell stories that are diverse, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was just on a panel recently about, you know, women of color in writing. And um, it's very important that there is representation of Filipino American and contemporary um, fiction. I think it's high time that, um, you know, people get to see our stories because we're also very interesting. And um, there will always be, there. there is this little girl probably, or there's another woman out there, Filipino American looking for books that, you know, she can see herself in. And, and for me, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really like that. And I love how you are focused on uh, bringing uh, women's stories, you know, advocating for women's stories in literature and not just, you know, it doesn't have to just be a, uh, another romance. It's, these are, it, it seems like you're looking for, here's a real story. These are real life things that they're dealing with as opposed to, oh, will my horse make it to the next race? And, <laughs> and will I meet Mr. Perfect while I'm there? Uh, yeah. After Perfect seems much more real life events. So yeah, so I uh, so I felt like when people start asking me about this book and they talk about love, they talk about romantic love, and I feel like love is very multidimensional, and there's so much of love we should explore, and not just romantic love. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, this is um, you know love for parents or for your friends or a newfound um, strength in yourself, you know. So um, I how do I explain this? We don't always need to show fantastical stories to get um, our representation in mainstream. You know, yeah. our lives are like the rest of us. And it, how we go through may be different because of the cultural background. And that's one of the things that I'm so excited to um, highlight and feature in this book. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well said. I love that. <laughs> you don't need the fantastic to tell your story. I agree with that completely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, and you know, that it's funny. I, I don't know if it was because I'd been reading about the book and such, but I said uh, the horse. And then I realized that uh, your romantic interest is named Colt. And I don't know if that was just my <laughs> writer's brain making that connection <laughs> or what happened there. But <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, that's that's funny. But yeah, no, no, uh, no intended pun there. Anyway, but <laughs> oh no, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I I like how uh, Gabby is is uh, looking at whether or not this is going to work. Uh, is it meant to be? Is it something that's going to? Um, it is. Uh, her own doubts and in the, the things that he is dealing with uh, from his own past, you know, and th th those are the things coming to the surface. And just so much of that just feels like real life uh, because in, in real life, people don't often talk. Uh, you don't pull each other to the side and go, hang on, let me, let me just clear this up real quick. It's we, there's so much of it's going on in our head and then we leave it to ourselves and we don't talk about it. And then, uh, somebody else makes an assumption on that. I'm like, well, I guess if they're not going to talk to me, they don't really like me. And like, no, I do like you. 
And that's that's Thank one you. of the things I really like about uh, about this is uh, the that realness that's coming through from uh, After Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So now, uh, where did uh, where did you get the original inception for this? Was it uh, was it like a lightning bolt one day? You had the story idea, or was this something you were kind of planning out uh, from from that uh, you know from when you were fourteen? Uh, no, uh, this came, yeah, there was another book I was writing before this and, um, and then one day I watched Dirty Dancing again <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, like coming of age, but of, from, from somebody who's already a grown up, but has been nurtured. You know, like um, some of us lo- needs a lot of growing up still, and I, I I feel like I'm I'm one of those, and that's why Gabby is is very much like me in terms of like steps to take and ro- yeah roads to take or decision making. So yeah, it just came to me one day, and I said, "Huh, I have so many emotions that I can put in paper and." I think this is the perfect story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, is this going to be a standalone or do you have a, a sequel in mind? So this is so funny. You're probably the third or fourth person who asked me about this. And <laughs> so, yeah, so some readers, advanced readers were like emailing and I'm really, really grateful to hear feedback and asking if there's going to be sequel to this or am I going to have another um, like from someone else's point of view and you know what um, I don't know yet it's the prospect of course is exciting and I'm grateful that people are so invested in the story to want to know what happened in their life but um, I'm not 100% sure yet but I'll talk to my publisher maybe <laughs> <laughs> all right well, so what uh, what kind of ideas do you have uh, bouncing around for uh, for your next book? Oh, I um so my next book, which is finalist for um made finalist for um, an equality in publishing contest, oh. is a story about uh, again a Filipino American woman who um going through some tough times and met a uh, there's a background to this. Um, I'm a big K-drama fan, Korean drama fan, and I'm just in love with her storytelling. And so my next book is about this girl um, who met a South Korean actor in New York, and they spent 12 hours in Manhattan. And so this is also, there is also some romance, but there's also a lot of um growing up and self-discovery and twists and turns and i'm really excited for this yeah oh my gosh that does sound exciting yeah (laughs) (laughs) i even went to seoul korea before i wrote this book so really yeah oh wow before the pandemic obviously yes okay yeah yeah wow (laughs) okay now uh (laughs) now so many of us writers uh, we, you know, well, I guess the non-writers really, we, we consider that, uh, oh, that's got to be a write-off, right? But uh, I think that's often not the case. No, yeah. 
Well, hopefully that works out so that uh, in the future, though, that that is something you'll be able to uh, tell your publisher and they're like, okay, yeah, you can go to, you know, wherever you want to go for research on the next book. And then it becomes a tax write-off. <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be great. <laughs> Living the life. <laughs> you uh, know, I, well, I think, I think my next book will be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think my next book will be in the south of France. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I know my wife would love that as well. <laughs> I'm sure she would come up with all kinds of ideas, uh, book ideas for me after that. Well, that's the dream, right? Someday we can actually say that. Someday. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, After Perfect, it's coming out October 5th. Uh, the uh, the book is on pre-order right now, and I'm going to have a link for that in the show notes. Uh, Ma'am, where where can people find and follow you? Yes, yeah, so thank you. Um, there's my website, of course. It's um, maangabriel.com, and you can also follow me on Instagram at maan underscore Gabriel. I'm also on Twitter at author and Facebook at author. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys follow me and let's connect. Absolutely. Yes. And like I said, I'm going to have those uh, links there. So everyone, once we're, uh, once the episode is done, don't do it now. Don't do it now. Stick around. You're going to hear, you're going to hear from after perfect after the episode, then you go back in there, you click the links and uh, get on over there and follow my on and, uh, yeah. And then grab this book too on October 5th. So I'm going to say it again, October 5th, everyone go grab this book. It's going to be, it's going to change your life. <laughs> yay yay <laughs> man uh thank you so much for coming on the show and i'm I'm so happy that this worked out we were able to uh, connect on here and uh i i just wish you all the best and uh, uh I, I wish you a, a great uh launch for this first book oh it's an honor thank you thank you so much for having me <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen time for me to step aside with my coffee from writer's block coffee and we're going to be listening to a sample from today's guest, Man Gabrielle, and her debut novel, After Perfect. Chapter one. Gabriella, open the goddamn door. I hear her. My best friend Felicity is on the other side of the door, but I don't move. My eyes are fixated on what's on the kitchen table. It's a ticking time bomb, and I own it. There, on top of my kitchen table, is the end of my story. I need to sign it to set Simon free. I need to sign it to set myself free. I have cried enough. There are no more tears to be shed. You can't really prepare for moments like this. Moments you know will change your life forever, will change you forever. Simon had been the love of my life. He had been my breath. When he walked out on me six months ago, I felt my world crumble like I never knew possible, but I did not expect this. I stand in the middle of my Manhattan apartment, which I can no longer afford, staring intently at the thick envelope on my dining table, thinking about how I got there, how I got it all wrong. 16 years of my life, all but inconsequential now. This used to be a home, our space, our loveness. We picked every item here together, even the strange puppy sculpture tucked in the corner bookshelf, which we both thought was funny back then. 
It was our private joke, an example of how we each had an extension of ourselves to the other, that we were once the same heart and the same soul. Now, this room is a sad memory of what once was. Like a robot, I mechanically look around as if someone holds the key to my existence. The white walls, which once used to be bright and shiny, now feel cold and dreary, and the curtainless windows appear naked and unadorned. Simon moved out most of his things two months ago. I didn't ask where he was going, but I was sure it would be with her. I know him too well. He wouldn't risk it all unless he was sure that someone was going to catch him at the other end. He's meticulously careful like that. Still in my clothes from last night, I bend my head and regard myself with disgust. I'm a 36-year-old woman with more than few extra pounds in me. My hair has not seen a salon in months and I let my man run my life for almost two decades. I was pretty once. Boy used to follow me around in college, even though I was already with Simon back then. Being half Filipina means I will always look younger than my age, but who cares about that now? I was a valedictorian in high school. I used to be someone. Now I'm an echo of who I once was, a faint version of my old self. Divorce. It is such a painful reality, but it is now my truth. I hear the blaring song, Just Like a Pill by Pink, that is my iPhone ringtone coming from inside my room. It yanks me out of my reverie. I don't move, knowing that it's probably my mother or my best friend, Felicity, checking in on me. I hear it stop. I need to change that goddamn ringtone. I can't talk to my mother right now. This right here is her worst nightmare. All my life, she had me convinced that I'd be happy as long as my marriage was stable, as long as Simon felt satisfied and content, as long as I did my best to be a devoted wife. It's the culture she was brought up in, in a culture she lives in. Traditional Filipinos look at women in a very old-fashioned and restricted way. Gabriella, there is no denying the worry in Felicity's voice now, and yet I still don't move. I'm too exhausted. It's only seven in the morning, but I can already feel the weight of the day on my shoulders. I can't talk to anyone right now. I can't even handle my own thoughts. I put my hands over my ears. It muffles the noise around me, but it doesn't stop the hostile noise inside my head. I close my eyes in hopes that if I block what I see, I will not feel what I feel right now. The doorbell buzzes, and I let it. It doesn't stop. My phone comes back to life from inside my bedroom with Pink singing at the top of her lungs. I press my hands more firmly over my ear and I stand there frozen in time and moving. The feeling bubbles inside me like heat creeping in slowly but steadily. I want to go back. I just want to go back to when I have Simon's arms to cradle me when things are not going as planned. Losing him was not something I ever anticipated. I always thought we were going to grow old together, wrinkly even. I moved both my hands to cover my face, hiding, ashamed of myself. At 36, I'm already a failure as a wife. Numbness inched through me like fire and ice. I feel nothing and yet it is everything, but my tears still don't come. Gabby, open the door, please. I know you're in there. Let me in. Felicity is pleading now. 
Last night, I sent her a text message after I opened the envelope. It's really over, was all I said. She probably didn't get it until this morning. And I'm most certain that she also called my mom. Felicity and I have been best friends since high school in Virginia. The three of us, actually, Felicity, Simon, and I, we were all inseparable once. Minutes back, I let this moment sink in. Don't make me call the fire department to break down this door. It's your embarrassment, not mine. I smile in the middle of it all. I have Felicity. At least I get to keep her. I walk slowly to the door. I didn't think there was any truth to how you deteriorate physically when you're sad. But here I am now, going through the motions of my emotional pain to physical ruin. I'm here. Don't scare me like this, Gabby. I open the door. She bangs it wide open with her fists and grabs me in, in her embrace. Gabby, I sink my head onto her neck, letting myself go. And yet the tears don't come. Hi, I whisper, my head still leaning heavily on her shoulder. Felicity is a lot shorter than I am, so my body's arched uncomfortably, but I don't mind. Her scent consoles me. It is familiar. It is what I know, like Simon. Where is it? Felicity asks, letting me go and walking to the kitchen table where the thick envelope lies waiting for my attention. She pulls the papers out, reads them for a few minutes, and tosses them back on the table. That's thick. It's over, I say with calmness. It scares me, and I can tell it terrifies Felicity too. You deserve better. She runs back to me for a house, on tiptoe, trying to catch me with her small frame. I know. I heard a rumor that he proposed to her, but I don't cry as they say this. I've known about this for months, and yet I had hoped that somehow he would change his mind. I thought he, hit, he did because something seemed to have shifted the past month. He started calling me again, checking in on me, and having brief conversations on the phone. He had been by the apartment a few times when I was around, and we had been cordial, respectful. We even cracked jokes a few times. There were moments when we would look at each other and I would tell that somehow love still lingered somewhere between us. I was obviously wrong. I've misread Simon. They disturb each other, Felicity is angry. What am I going to do now? I move to the living room. I lower myself to the sofa slowly, still in shock. My reflexes are slow, like my body shutting down. I hear a fire truck drive by and I give Felicity a questioning look. I didn't call that, she says with a smirk. The noise from the outside window is proof that life goes on outside even without me. I need to be out there. I bend my head to my chest and cover my face with my shaking hands. What do I do now? I ask again in a whisper, talking more to myself than to my best friend standing across from me in obvious worry. What the hell are you talking about? She wails. She does that when she tries to cover up her fears. I hate that I make her feel this way. You're starting grad school on Monday, and we'll finally do something you've always wanted to do. Think about the cute guys you'll meet at NYU. Smart, creative writer. Felicity helped me get into New York University Master's in Fine Arts Creative Writing Program. She has been an adjunct professor in the undergraduate communications department for more than five years, in addition to her gig at the New York Times which she recently put on hold. She's still single and living the life she said she's always wanted. Besides, it's time for you to be single in New York. You're missing out on a lot of things. 
I sank deeper into the sofa, clutching its armrest tightly, but I feel nothing. I'm too exhausted. I sigh. It's the best I can do right this second. I let go of the last breath that is Simon. I let go of the life I once shared with him. And yet I'm still holding on to me. I should probably let go of her too. Oh, poor Gabriella. Hey, that was Ma'an Gabriel reading a sample chapter from her debut novel, After Perfect. The book is available for pre-order right now. It comes out October 5th, so less than a week away as of this uh, as of this episode. So click that link in the show notes to get over and pick up a copy for yourself. Don't forget to also check out Ma'an's website and uh, her, uh, her on social media, Instagram and Twitter. Those links are also available in the show notes. And click over to our podcast friends, sponsors, and affiliates alike. Lastly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with Danielle Lincoln Hanna. So unless you show up this weekend at the uh, Downtown Festival at Bergfest, then I will see you next time. Take care.